When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. As always, it's the end of July. Um, I'm kind of running out of hope that we're holding out for any Avs news anytime soon. I think we're going to be uh, kind of on our own here for a little bit. Uh, kind of. I, I think we're for sure on our own right now. Um it's just uh, the way I'm looking at it. We're one day closer to hockey season coming back. That's yeah. we're one more month closer because uh, uh, I'm going to sound like an idiot here. Are there 31 days in July. Yes. Okay. All right. So uh, by the time you're listening, this will be the last day of July. And by that, we only have one more month until training camp starts. And we've almost made it through the most miserable time of year when it comes to sports, but the best time of year to do stuff outside. Yes, very much the case. Man, July, I I really thought this offseason was going to be something. We've had this we, conversation before. Yeah. This was a dud. I'm not just saying like, oh, the Avs didn't do anything. Nobody did anything. Yeah. Who, Other than who, the Pierre-Luc Dubois thing, nothing happened. And even with that, we had like a week's notice. We knew, <laughs> we knew that was happening for like a week. But like we talked about all these guys getting trade. I looked at my trade list from that I made in like May. Every single person on that list not only did not come to the abs, didn't get traded, period. Yeah, remember when we thought the Calgary Flames were just tearing everything down after the Tyler Toffoli trade, and that's literally the only trade they've made? Yeah, it's the only thing they did. I mean, like Kuznetsov is still an av. I was looking at like Adam Henrique is somehow still on the Ducks. Elias Lindholm's still a flame. Like, remember we talk about like Roslovic and Boone Jenner. Remember Nick Schmaltz? Yeah, that feels so long ago, dude. Right? Like, there was there was a moment at the beginning of this summer where me and you were so adamant about Nick Schmaltz being a member of the Colorado Avalanche, and now it's like it doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen because Arizona is smart in not trading a really good player on their team. Yeah, it seems like Arizona's kind of recognized like, wait, some of our players actually aren't terrible, and we should maybe hold on to some of these guys if we ever want to be good. Yeah, and and adding pieces around Clayton Keller may actually help him continue to develop into the superstar that he looks like he's going to be. Yeah, and they're, maybe. They're- 
maybe we can get public funding for a building if we actually put a winning product on the ice. <laughs> it's so crazy how that works sometimes. If you actually build a hockey team that isn't terrible, people might show up. And now they're adding Logan Cooley. I saw. Did, is he actually going to play or is he going to go back to Minnesota for the year? Well, he signed. I assume he's going to, to Arizona. They didn't. Have but I thought the same thing happened with Fantilli because Fantilli signed with Columbus, but he may be, still be going back to Michigan. It's different situations, I think. Okay. It's like Cooley, he announced he was going back to Minnesota, but there was a shift in his attitude. Now he's going to come to the Coyotes. That's going to be cool, man. Like him and Clayton Keller on a line could be nasty. Yeah. They, like, also, have, they also have Barrett Hayton. Like, yeah. The Coyotes are not going to make the playoffs or maybe even come close. They're not going to be like a bore to watch anymore. No. Like you're not going to, there might be a time where you're like, oh, the Coyotes are on. I'm sure. Why not? Right. That might be. They're going to make it into that 8 p.m. time slot when they're playing on one of my four TVs. They'll, they'll be on the TV because I'll actually be interested in watching Coyotes games. They're earning their way into the rotation. Yeah, they're earning the way. They may even get some bets placed on them this year, which I feel pretty good about. I think they're um, gonna, I think they're going to sneak up on some people. I don't think they're going to be good, but I think there's always a team every single yeah. year that everyone thinks is going to be way worse than they actually are. They're young, they're fast teams sleep on them going in. And then they, they steal a couple of wins every here and there. We've seen what the Coyotes have done to the abs over the past couple of years. Yeah. They had like, one line last year and then they just couldn't lose at home. Yeah. They, they were awesome. But outside of Logan Cooley there, I honestly forgot that it happened until you brought it up. I was like, Oh yeah, he did sign. Uh, really, the only other big news that happened in the NHL was Vladimir Tarasenko finally signed with the Senators. One year, $5 million. Correct. Um, so a lot more than we thought when we talked with Evan about maybe that's, he, so, he, takes a, a he takes a bargain. Funny, such a funny conversation to look at because we were really st- trying to talk ourselves into, would Tarasenko come here for, for $2 million? Yeah. We, we thought about it. And uh, yeah, he was smart. He went for five years. And then I think it was you who sent me the tweet that he had turned down like multiple years, m- more money. Like he had an offer from the the senators earlier that was like four years, 20 million, like something like that. Yeah, there was like the I don't know how true this is. So allegedly Tarasenko turned down a deal at from Ottawa at five and a half for four years then had an offer from the Canes. I believe this was corrected to be under $5 million for one year, and then one year at six with the Sharks. I can't tell you how true that is because I didn't see that substantiated anywhere else. But if it is true, he definitely thought there was going to be more of a market for him. There was obviously the fiasco with his agent and everything. But getting $5 bucks to go to Ottawa, who has a lot of talented offensive players, might be good for him to, I don't want to say revitalize, because it's not like he was bad. No. But I, I think he needs to get back to Vladimir Tarasenko that maybe we're a little more accustomed to. Like a guy who uh, last season had 82 points. Yeah. But he's, I, I like what Ottawa's doing. I had completely forgotten that Josh Norris was still on the Senators. He was hurt all last year. That top six is pretty loaded now with Tarasenko. Um and the Senators seem to be going in the right direction. I think they're going to be more competitive than they were last year. And what they finished, like only like what, four points out of a playoff spot last year? I think it was a little more than that. I don't have it exactly in front of me. I mean, they lost to Brinkett. They get Kubalik back in that trade. They signed Tarasenko. It's not going to replace what Debrinkit could potentially give you, but it's still pretty 
decent work for Pierre Dorian, I would think. The yeah, they finish they finish six points back of the playoffs. Right. And it just adds to that whole conversation about the East, that the entire thing is stacked from top yeah. to bottom, where a team like Ottawa could be really good and take a, a big step forward and still miss the playoffs. Yeah, they could. I mean, adding Corpusalo is an interesting move. I don't know how that's going to be. I mean, their goaltending last year is kind of what held them back. But I think I think it was Evan who was saying their defense is a lot better than what it was. Um, I mean, you got Chikrin, Shabbat, like it's pretty solid, solid defenseman. Now I think Ottawa's a, a, a fringe playoff team right now. I think I still like Buffalo more and I think Detroit and Ottawa are going to be fighting for positioning this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm wishy-washy on Corpus Allo. He was decent last year. He had a nine 15 and 39 games. The contract they signed him to, I think is okay. It's an upgrade over Cam Talbot. Talbot yeah. was not a fit for them from day one. They well, fought every day and just. Yeah. He got hurt, didn't he? Yeah, he got, got hurt, hurt in like training camp. Yeah, and then he just wasn't very good yeah. when he was there. So it just was not a fit and didn't give them what they needed. You get Thomas Shabbat, hopefully healthier this season. He missed about the same games Kale McCarr did. You get hopefully a healthy Jacob Chikrin. That could be big for their back end. You know, Jake Sanderson could grow, grow into a much bigger role this season. He's still only 21. Artem Zub is always a, a guy that yeah, he's, just, he's a guy, man. He's a, guy. he's a solid bottom pair defenseman. Yeah, he's a guy. I mean, and Eric Brandstrom, I mean, it's just every single year, it's a question of, is this going to be the year for Eric Brandstrom? I thought he was good last year. He was fine. Yeah. He wasn't fantastic or anything. But like when they got him in the, the Mark Stone trade, it was seen as like a haul for yeah. Dorian at the time. I mean, he went up there in the press conference saying this was one of the his proudest days as a general manager was trading Mark Stone because he got Eric Brandstrom for return in that deal. And he needs to probably take a step as well. And Travis Hamanick is a guy. He does he does things. I right? thought he was going to be a member of the Avs at the beginning of this offseason as well. Yeah, he does things yeah. occasionally. He occasionally does not do things. So the Senators are going to be decent. Again, yeah. they might make the playoffs. I don't know if they finish top three in the Atlantic. If they make no the playoffs, they're probably a wild card team. Yeah. But I think they have just as much of a shot as everybody else. And compared to where the Senators have been for the last half decade, that is a marked improvement. Yeah, I, I've I was jumping on the Senators bandwagon probably like four years ago, and they've just stayed the exact same for four years. Like you, you thought they were going to take the next step, and they've just never done it. And now I've switched that bandwagon to the Sabres. So yeah. I'm hoping the Sabres can take that jump. But oh, I'm I'm all on that Sabres train. Yeah, yeah. I think I think us and everyone else is all on that Sabres train now too. Just but, a big collective bandwagon until they start to get too good, and then everyone. Yeah, then we hate them. Yeah, like, that, that's what happens naturally. Like I remember when everyone was cheering for the Abs, and then the Abs got really good, and everyone's like, "Fuck the Abs!" Like it's, it's just it's, it's the cycle. You're fun yeah. until you win. Yeah, then everyone you. But I don't know. Buffalo is kind of an interesting case. I feel like a lot of people like the city of buffalo just because it's fucking well, miserable well, look there. At the, well look at the bills everyone pitied the bills fans forever then they started winning then they started getting mouthy and now most people hate bills fans it's going to be oh, see i don't hate the bills i like i, the bills, I don't so. either i like the yeah. bill but there is a large portion of nfl fans that don't feel that way and then once the sabers start to get a lot better it's going to be the exact same thing it's how sports work yeah. everyone feels bad for a team for a long time then they start to win and then everyone that they thought was a good fan base starts to mouth off and then nobody likes them anymore yeah it's, and it's a, 
endless cycle. It's going to be the same way like we talked about the Coyotes earlier. Like the Coyotes are the fun team right now that you feel bad for, but once they start getting good and they're in our division, it's going to be like, yo, fuck the Coyotes, man. Yeah. Like, like it's that pity. You're right there because, yeah, I mean, I pity the the Coyotes right now, but once they get good, which it seems like they're going to, it's going to be like, yo, fuck the Coyotes, man. Why was I cheering for the development of Logan Cooley, Lawson Kraus, all these guys to get good just to fucking make my life miserable as an Avs fan? Yeah, like we already have like a halfway rivalry with the Coyotes and dog shit for a decade. Imagine if they're actually good. We're going to hate this team. So outside of the Sabres, who do you think is like that next team that everyone likes, but they're going to hate eventually? I mean, the Sabres are obviously number one on that list. It's not any Canadian teams because nobody likes them either. No one likes them. I I think the Kraken are getting dangerously close to it. No, I think the Kraken for at least for some Avs fans are already there. Yeah. I mean... In terms of a fan base that everyone, I don't know. I feel like most people hate each other these days. Yeah, but the Kraken, I think, is they're still newish, and they aren't like the they aren't Vegas yet, where they just immediately were good. Like they they sucked for one year, so they had one bad year. <laughs> I think the Kraken are dangerous. Like even though they beat us, I still am like ah, oh, the Kraken are the Kraken, man. Like it, it's yeah. It, it I mean, I I'm not harboring any real resentment. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a pretty nasty series for the most part. There's suspensions thrown in there, a couple of, you know, broken necks along the way. Yeah. But, but ter- I, like, I still, like, there weren't that many, like, Twitter people fucking chirping me in my mentions about it. I had, like, one guy, and it's like, okay, that's not that bad. Like, yeah. I, I would expect a lot more with how much I tweet about the abs. I mean, it, it, was, a play- um, it was a playoff series. It's it, yeah. it, They're going to be nasty. And then when you consider the amount of playoff series the abs have been in in recent years, yeah, considering all the teams we've played and teams that have beaten us, Kraken are still pretty low on that list because it's yeah. not because like, I still this might sound salty or coping. It still feels less like the Kraken beat us and more that we just ran out of gas and had no players left. I get what you're saying, but you're completely right that that's going to come across as like coping or like yeah. complaining. And I, 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 know, I completely I know agree how, with you. Yeah, I know how it sounds, but that's <laughs> that's how it feels to me. It was like it could have been anyone else probably it just kind yeah. of happened to be the crap right. that were in our way at that point when we're down to two players on our offense yeah. at that point <laughs> i yeah I, I think it's the kraken the sabers i would say the hurricanes but they're already there like they were oh, no. fun the, for the a hurricanes while. have have been there for half a decade they have yeah. well reached that point yeah like it was fun when they were the bunch of jerks and then it was like yeah these guys fucking suck now it was fun for you you didn't have to play them yeah i didn't have to play them panthers fans i don't think there's enough of them to like freak out about like even tampa fans i had no problem with tampa fans when we beat them you know what i mean like they well, I mean, we're very non-confrontational people. That's true. Think, Me and you aren't looking to start beef online. There were there were a couple. Po- I remember at one point during the final, like I was, we, we were driving back from one of the games. It might have been game yeah. four, I think, the one we won in overtime, overtime, where we were at the watch party, and like I typed out a reply to Bolt Schultz, the, and he had like a really nasty tweet, like I, I was being shitty. I tweeted it, and like three seconds later, I deleted it. Yeah, we both are just not confrontational. Yeah, anymore. I was like, no, I this, just, this isn't worth it. It's it's not my jam. Like, I, I'm just not that type of person, I, and you aren't either. I think that's why we get along so well. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't – I think the fan base that, like – I think it's – the Sabres are the clear-cut number one. And I think Kraken are close. Like, Canadian teams, I hate all the Canadian teams. They're all just a bunch of whiny – babies yeah i mean there there are canadian teams i like more than others but at the end of the day yeah they're all canadian teams and what do you think uh, spin zone what do you think the most hated fan base is 
Toronto. Yeah, I think I think Edmonton's coming up for that crown though. Well, in case of in the term of like universally hated, it's Toronto. Yeah, but Edmonton for at least for me is up there. I personally yeah. dislike Edmonton more, but in terms of the entirety of the hockey world, it is Toronto. See, like, and that's the thing. Like, I. I find it fun. I don't interact with Leafs fans and I don't think you interact with too many. My favorite part is just watching them complain. Yeah, like that so is, that's what fun. brings me joy. Cause like, I don't like Edmonton fans just outright annoy me. Leafs fans are hilarious. Yeah. Like they, they make me laugh. Like Steve it's Dangle like, is probably the nicest like, human on yeah, the face of the planet. And I only watch his reviews when it's a bad thing that happens to the Leafs. Yeah, exactly. That's what it, it's, it's like going to the zoo. You <laughs> go there because it's like, it's so fun to watch that. That every meltdown, every little thing that they do is just so funny. And as it's, an outside observer, you're just like, this is awesome. Can this happen more, please? So that's why I don't even know if I hate them. I just I cheer for them to have bad things happen to them. So is that hatred or is that just wanting bad things to happen to the Leafs? I mean, it's just kind of rooting for their constant downfall. Yeah. You know what we haven't gotten to experience? And just because we're in that age group, I'm sure like my dad would say something different. But like Montreal, I imagine they're like smug sons of bitches, but they haven't won anything since night since before I was born. So I've never seen them like like have you interacted with a Canadians fan on Twitter? I don't think I have. Oh, sorry. It's X now. It's X. It's not Twitter. It's X. Did yours yours update finally? Oh, it did this morning. Yeah. Now I keep looking at it. I'm I so confused right what this app is. Yeah, yeah. I do too. I'm like, what the fuck is this app? I'm like, oh shit, that's that's Twitter formally now X. <laughs> I, okay, we're not going to spend too long on this, I promise. But this is the stupidest redesign I have it's ever. So seen. funny, man. I think it was it was Rudo who tweeted. It was like, you literally created a a verb. Like I'm tweeting, and you change it. it. My favorite tweet was like, Twitter came out. And called their stuff tweets and actually got us to use that as if yeah. that's an incredibly stupid word. And it's not the most recognizable social media brand, at very least in North America. Yeah. It's so funny. But now so we're just going to call it the X. The, it looks. Have you seen the video of the building? Like the, the headquarters, it's just a giant X and it's like flashing strobe lights in the other apartment buildings. That's fucking awesome. I just, I, I love the fact how petty Elon Musk is that he literally spent $44 billion just to troll us. Like this is just pure hilariousness. It just looks so weird on my app screen. Like it's it just, it goes Snapchat, Facebook, and then just a fucking X. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the most bland, boring, black and white one letter. It's just so dumb. Dude, my favorite thing, I was watching Sports Center at the gym and they like put up a, a a tweet and it was like from the website formerly known as Twitter and then X. I was like they seriously have to do this like it, it cracked me up, man. What are they what but, are they going to call Twitter movies now? Oh fuck, X movies, porn movies. I don't fucking know. I don't think someone I don't think they really thought this through. No, they didn't, but it is hilarious. I was laughing so hard at it today. But back to the point, like Montreal, I think could be smug sums of bitches, but they just haven't been like even when they went to the final in 2020, I was like, I, I expected to see more Canadians fans on it my was, Twitter and I just haven't. No, no one expected that to happen too. It was in like the most isolated situation possible. Yeah. With with that shortened season. There were no fans there or anything. And like they they got so thoroughly beaten by the lightning that like they we don't even talk about it. Yeah, it almost feels like a, a memory. Um, 
And then I had one last thing. I, we're totally off script of where we were going with the show, but that's just how it goes here. It's it's fucking July. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I should have asked you this in your would you rather questions, but who is the one team outside of the caps and the abs that you would like to see win a Stanley Cup? Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo's a good one. Buffalo's a good one. I think I'd go with I'm just going for comedy. And it'd be hilarious if they won. Oh, the Coyotes would be really funny if they won. It, the it would be really funny if they won before any Canadian team. Yeah, I would laugh if the Coyotes won a Stanley Cup. I, I think that's who I'd want to see because you took Buffalo. I think I'd go with the Coyotes just because that would be like, we literally just saw the Vegas parade. Could you imagine a parade in the middle of like the end of June, early yeah, like, July in Arizona? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, would be. They have, a, they have a parade, and everyone's like, "What is this traffic all about?" <laughs> they would probably just, yeah, I, I would die if that happened. But um, you, you say that, but if the Coyotes win a Stanley Cup, then they're probably good, and then we have to deal with them. Yeah, and you know, that's what I'm saying. It'd be funny if they won one and then just traded all the players away, like the Marlins yeah. did when they won Stanley or World Series. Yeah, I think that's that, that'd be mine. Buffalo was probably the number one. Yeah, the, the Sabres are removed from both of my teams. They have a fan base I like, a team I really like. They've never won. They've been around forever. Yeah. That, to me, is like clear-cut outside of my two teams. It's Buffalo, without yeah. question. I'd agree. I'd agree. I'm just trying to think. I think Buffalo is probably the closest team to Canada, too, so that would really piss off That's the Canadian really, fans. It would be really funny. <laughs> That'd be I the mean, closest it, they've it, gotten it, to a cup. funny factor, too. That the, yeah. the Buffalo Sabres, a team that hadn't hasn't made the playoffs in however long it's even been now, like 12, 13 years. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long time. Imagine if they win before any Canadian teams. Like, that's so funny. That'd be the dream scenario. But all right, let, let, let's get back on track. I've already deviated us enough away from this this topic. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a topic we came up with like 20 minutes <laughs> before we started the show. Anyway, we hopped on this call. I mean, obviously, you guys don't get to hear what we say in the pre-show, and that's probably for the best, honestly. But we were just like, literally, literally, what are we even going to talk about today? And we spent the first 10 minutes just bouncing like just horrible ideas off of each other until we finally landed on, let's just do like a really, really early trade deadline preview yeah there's only so many times we can talk about free agents that are still left on the market before my brain starts to leak out of my ears and i go crazy but you look at this abs team right now after they signed ben myers which we talked about last episode they're sitting at just a hair over two million dollars in cap space and also like we said with gabe landeskog on ltir they cannot bank cap space going right. into the season so what they have is what they have. They can't really squeeze out any room without moving players off of the roster. Right. And if they did that with like Freddie Olofsson and Curtis McDermott, then they probably can get close to another $2 million in cap space. But we talked about the Coyotes a little bit earlier. They've made some moves that could be interesting if they're pretty far out of the playoffs this point next season. And with $2 million can the abs really do anything this off season that moves the needle unless it's Thomas Tatar's willing to sign for really cheap or anything like that? Or is it just going to be a Danton Heinen kind of thing? And then we spend the next six months talking about the trade deadline. I, 
It's tough because if you're not accruing cap space, that's where you're kind of in a pickle. Um, I agree with what Evan was saying. I do not feel comfortable with our defense room as it is right now. I think you need to go sign another defenseman. We still need a fucking fourth line center. I mean, it sounds like they're going to try Ben Myers there, but I honestly would not be surprised if we get to like the day before camp and that's when something happens, they sign someone. But I also could see the scenario where they're like, okay, we'll just have $2 million to play with during the season. Yeah. I mean, they could just keep that money to use as, as flexibility. Right. There have been points in the last few seasons where they like literally squeezed their cap space down to like a thousand dollars. They're very good at it, but it's going to be a little tougher to maneuver, even though you have the extra $7 million. Now you've spent almost all of it and you're at a point in the off season where probably all of the plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G are all off the board. Right. And with $2 million, you can't really entice any of the big names left to really come play for you unless they are just really committed to winning a Stanley Cup. Not everyone is willing to make that sacrifice. Or you sign probably two league minimum-ish players around a million dollars and see what that can do for you. But we've had this conversation to a nauseating extent over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and that's why it is... It seems like it's so against the Avs philosophy to just have extra cap space, you know what I mean, and not use it. But I also could see like this is the one scenario where like we're not going to be accruing cap space. Let's fucking bank this two million and save it for a trade in season. Well, there was also an interesting point that was brought up on DNVR the other day is that the Avalanche have not been afraid of the waiver wire early in yeah. the season where they pick up a Nicholas Aube Cubell, a Dryden Hunt. If they feel like there's a because early in October, November, a lot of guys get put on waivers as right. like teams start to figure out their identities and everything. And that could be something that they're maybe saving cap space for, not intentionally, but as a potential option because you don't know who's going to come to the waiver wire. But it has been something that the Avs have done in the past. It has. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if if they do that because you know there's going to be some ca- like some casualties after training camp. Yeah, like there will be. Is is Obey Cubell still signed with the Caps or is he still a free agent? He signed an extension. Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah, before the offseason even start, he was like one of our first orders of business. For Interesting. Okay. Um. Yeah, the waiver wires are good. But I didn't even think about that. But you're right. They they have been very active on the waiver wire in the past. Um. It would be so funny if they just luck their way into like a super high waiver wire slot early in the year again and just maneuver their way back to the top. Who do you think could get put on waiver? Like it's just way too yeah, early it's to tell. Way too early. Yeah. The waiver wire stuff is is way easier to look at the trade deadline in March than yeah. to figure out waiver wire stuff in the early season because you just don't know. And you also have to consider like with with training camp, they have a couple of guys that I think they want to see a little bit out of. Right season like i think they want to see what john luke foodie can do i think they want to see what ben myers can do in training camp and there's gonna be i think some guys like olauson that they're they're gonna give some time to early in the season and maybe they don't want to spend a ton of money blocking these guys yeah i mean that's definitely a possibility it's just do do you feel comfortable with that because no, that's just it, – it's, it's where the abs have been. We haven't had to have that where it's like, hey, we need to see a young guy who can 
really get going. I just don't think it's it's a risk, but I also think that that's what the Avs are looking to do. Well, I also because think it's they a, would have signed someone by now if they if if they wanted to. Right. It, it's a. I think it's a more unique situation than we've seen in seasons past. Because last episode, I brought up the you know the Martin Cout thing last season. I think we have better options going into this season than we have in the past. Because Cout was much older, and we've kind of played this out with him a little bit. Shane Bowers, like we were stretching ourselves to the maximum to say these guys could earn roster spots. Jean-Luc Foudy hasn't really had that opportunity yet. Now he's 21. Now we've really started to see real steps in his development. Oscar Olauson is a big wild card at 20 years old and I think still has a lot to prove. I think it's a massive stretch to say he makes the NHL roster, but you don't know until you see him. Sam, right. Sam Malinsky is a guy that we always bring up as well. There are guys that have taken further steps in their development over the course of the last year as options that this team didn't have in training camps in the past and then just had to fill out their rosters with veterans because we don't know what they think of these guys right now. Yeah. They I might know. be penciling John Luke Foody or Ben Myers in to fourth line center, and that's why they're not spending this kind of money. Yeah. And like I think Evan was saying with uh, Poland too, uh, he could be a good fourth line penalty killing center. Uh, th- that's an option too. So they're, there are options. It is funny because I think every fan base does this and we do it. We're just as guilty of it, but it, when your prospects, they're shiny toys and okay. you think our, they're going to be, it's what I always say. Our prospects are great. Everyone else overrates theirs. We don't ever. Yeah. We're totally free of it. Yeah. Totally free of it. So I think that sounds good in theory, but it would not surprise me in the least. If it's, we go through training camp, you see these guys and you're like, well, crap. It may be we wait for the waiver wire or you can't make a trade super early in the season. They just won't do that. No team will do that. But I think they're going to bank on that two million. I don't think they're going to sign anyone. I really do. Yeah, I don't think they'll sign I mean, anyone. I think they're I think they're going to sign somebody. What maybe it's not a huge name. I mean, it might be PTOs. They always hand out a couple yeah. of PTOs before training camp. I'm going to bring up the name again. Zach Aston Reese could be an interesting PTO for this team if he signs a league minimum deal. I think he'd be interesting because of defensively he fits their system. But there are guys that could be out there that they still look at. I still think they're going to get a fourth line center. Yeah. Even if Ben Myers is really good, it's tough to pencil in a rookie who had four goals last year. To I know fourth line center doesn't sound that important, but you do need center depth. If yes. Ryan Johansson gets hurt, if Ross Colton gets hurt, you're going to wish you had more center depth, whether right. that is Paul Stastny or Pia Sutter or anyone like that. I still think they go and do that because you still can play Ben Myers if you really feel that strongly about him. Just doesn't have to be down the middle. Yeah, doesn't have to be down the middle. I, I would laugh so hard if it's like Darren Helm. <laughs> he's, he's just not retired yet. He comes back for one more year. <laughs> Like it gets to the train camp and it's like, yeah, we could, we could use Darren Helm. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's some money. Always gets people out of retirement, but I, he's done. Yeah, he's done. So yeah, I, I think that leads into the next point of let's get crazy and start talking about the trade deadline, which is in March of next year um, of teams. We think that could possibly be selling yeah, and players we think we could get. I mean, talking about the trade deadline is always interesting because the entire season, it's something that's always in the back of your mind. We're going to get this guy. We're going to get this guy. And normally as abs fans, trade deadlines usually end in disappointment. 
Yeah. But there was one time that a really good trade deadline. Then they went on to go win a Stanley Cup. Correct. Which they acquired. And then you have one like last season where you go get Lars Eller and Jack Johnson spend probably a little too much on Lars Eller. And they're not bad additions, nope. but they didn't really move the needle for you or anything like that. And you go to two years prior, you go get Patrick Nemeth, Devin Dubnik. Was it Soder- Carl Soderberg, bro. Carl Soderberg. So, sometimes you 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 strike out at the deadline, but there have been times in the past where the Avs have done really well. I think the difference going into this deadline, though, is we actually have assets this yeah. this deadline. Last year we had zero assets, and I thought McFarland did a decent job with the assets he had. Yes, we could not bid on anybody. Basically, anyone that could move the needle, we did not have anything to give other teams other than a second round pick that was um three years in the future. Yeah at that point for, for Lars Eller and given Andreas Anglin for Jack Johnson straight up. Now we have some prospects that we've picked. We picked two first round guys, Callum Ritchie, Mikhail Gulia. We still have our first for next season as well. We have the, the 2026 second round pick. Cause you know how much this team despises picking. Yep, they, hate they hate them. They hate them. But even still, they have those assets now and probably can go and make moves at the trade deadline. So some teams that we think could be out of playoff spots at this time in March, maybe looking to sell off. My first one, I, I, I think Sam Bennett is a potential for the Avs. You, you really think Florida is going to be out of it? Uh, I don't know if they're going to be out of it, but I think that injuries are going to hurt them go to start the season. I think they're going to start a little bit slow. Um, I would not surprise me if Sam Bennett's on the table. I mean, I think if Sam Bennett was on the table, I think the abs would be all over it. But I also think now with getting Ryan Johansson and Ross Colton, that maybe they don't need to get another super high-end center of that caliber. I think probably we're looking more at addressing top six wing or guys that we can pick around the edges with. I mean, we talk about trade deadline stuff now. We're not even close to the season yet. Like there might be certain things that shake out. Maybe you do need a center. Maybe someone gets hurt or something like that. But a team for me that comes to mind right away, the team we talked about, is Arizona. Who I don't I think they're gonna be fun. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, but they went out and signed a guy, Jason Zucker, at five point three million dollars for one year. Like that, that's trade bait. Like that's just straight up. We're signing this guy, we're gonna retain half, and we're gonna hopefully if he plays really well, we can hopefully get a first, realistically, maybe around a second or something like that for a guy like Zucker. Zucker would have been a guy that I wouldn't have minded for the Az to go and sign this offseason. I think the injury that, history scares me with him. It doesn't seem to scare uh, the way we make moves sometimes with, with Ryan Johansson and maybe some of the other guys we've picked up in the past. But if he assuming, of course, that he's healthy this season, I think that could be something interesting. It could be interesting. I I think other teams could outbid us for him, though. I mean, you can say that for really any move. Yeah. Uh, I've never been the biggest Jason Zucker guy. I just haven't. Uh, I I think there's better options out there, but you're correct in the fact that he is just trade bait. He's not going to finish the year with the Coyotes. No, he's not. Like, I've always liked Lawson Kraus from Arizona, but it doesn't sound like they're going to move him. I think he could always be an interesting option from Arizona. See, because I'm on the other side of that. Like, I I look at, like, everyone always talks about Lawson Krause. I'm like, I mean, he's he's fine. 
I guess. He still has four years left at 4.3. And he had 45 points last year. He put up 24 goals last year, which is pretty decent. He's probably growing into an all right player. I just don't think the Coyotes are going to go do that anytime soon. No, they won't. But like, what what do you like about Zucker? I mean, I just think he might be he might be that kind of guy that you can throw on the left wing in your top six and just gives you more flexibility. He's a guy who had 27 goals last year, but you're right, that injury history is scary. But I think what the big plans with the Coyotes with signing him is that they're eventually just going to go and move on from him at the deadline. Yeah. I just, you could add that punch. Like you're talking me into it. It's just, would you trade a first round pick for Jason Zucker if he plays well this year? Not really, no. Yeah, no, I don't think I would either. But if that's the going price, like imagine that we get to the trade deadline and he has 20 goals already. He's for sure probably going to get a first round pick, especially if they're going to retain half. I mean, we always say that about guys at the deadline and then they go for way cheaper than than we expect. Because like if the Coyotes... Like if they get backed into a wall and it's late the deadline, then we went out and signed this guy and we're 15 points out of the playoffs. He's not obviously not going to want to come back here at the end of the season. Then you could see those prices lowering. But Zucker is just the one that came to mind for me because that's just what I thought of when that trade got made. The Sharks are a team as well, where it's like this team is going to be bad and they have a couple of pieces that are probably going to be moved on from Kevin LeBanc. They got Anthony Duclair, which is interesting. And also Alex Barabanov. Because Duclair is making $3 million, if I remember correctly. He is making yeah. 3 So if you retain half, that's $1.5. I wanted Duclair. I thought he would have been a good option for the Avs. Um, I like what he did in Florida. And I feel like Florida and Colorado play a similar style of game. Uh, so it wouldn't be a big jump for him. I think I like Duclair more than I like Zucker. Personally. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I completely agree with that as well. Kevin LeBanc would kick ass though, man. Yeah, Kevin LeBanc is a, an interesting option. I don't think his career went the the way a lot of us thought it would after he signed that weird one-year contract with the Yeah, Sharks. he bet on himself, and it was a terrible bet. Yeah, I mean, that was a rough – because what did that end up? It was like a $1 million deal for one yeah. year, and that was after he had 56 points, and then his career high after that has been 33. Yeah, but I just think the Sharks have been so bad. I think he would be an interesting option as like a bottom six forward. Like, could you imagine adding Kevin Le- Kevin LeBanc into the bottom six? I think that would be gross. I'm totally on board with you with that. I think LeBanc has a lot more to unlock. I think the Sharks have just been so shit for yeah. years that it's really hard for a player to blossom. I think Duclair would be a great option. Another guy I would be interested to see them add would be a guy like Alex Barabanov that can play both wings at two and a half million dollars. I think he's been kind of there's always guys that like have to score on bad teams yeah. going theories. Like, well, someone has to put the goals in. I think Barabanov would be an interesting third line option on this team. He's a guy who had 47 points last year in 68 games, 15 goals. Not a guy that I think like really pushes this team over the top, but a guy that if you stick him on the third so, line with Wood, so Bolton, really solid depth. Yeah. Who was uh, this toy off topic? I'm drawing a blank. Do you remember when, they at when the sharks beat the abs in the playoffs. Who was the big Swedish center who had the long blonde hair? He wore number 20. The big Swedish center that had the long blonde hair. It's driving me crazy, man. Is he is he still no? He that, that was that's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know where he went, but he was awesome. I, I remember thinking this dude kicks ass, and then he's I don't think he's ever played again. 
I don't. It's totally off topic, but I, I, I was like, just in my brain, I was like, what happened to that guy? Um, I like Barabanov. I, I think that's a good one. And the Sharks and Avs have shown that they'll do they'll do trades together. I'm so figure out who you're talking about here. Now it's now it's bothering me. Now I'm it's sorry. driving me crazy, man. You know who I'm talking about, though, right? He had the long blonde hair. He, what number was he? I think he was number twenty. Marcus he was their third seat. Who'd you say? Marcus Sorensen. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to him? Where's he playing now? Is he retired? Uh, he is somewhere. I think he stepped. He was. I'm actually have no idea where this guy is. He was still with the Sharks for a little bit, I think. And then 2021, he might have retired or gone to Europe or something. Respect. Yeah, no, it just driving me crazy. Thank you for finding that. Because I remember watching, I'm like, this dude's a pain in the ass. Um, But the Sharks are a good one. Would you, I'm just going through the California teams because outside the Kings, the California teams kind of suck. Uh, the Ducks, we talked about Henrique, but that's just like, we don't know what's going on with that. That one's kind of lost its shine because now now we're just a normal rental now. Right. Because when we were talking about last deadline, it was the extra year that was appealing where you just you didn't have to deal with, with your right. center problems anymore. Now it's just, okay, give me 20 games of Adam Henrique who might be healthy, might not be healthy. I mean, it's it's fine. He'd help, yeah. but, you know, it's not the same conversation anymore. Yeah. I think the Sharks would be the best option. Now I'm really like, I want Duclair and LeBanc on the abs, like now. Yeah, I was a big fan of getting Anthony Duclair when he was potentially on the market. Because what did the what did the Panthers even give up? Like, what did they get for him? Like a seventh round pick or something like that? They, they, got, they got Steven Lorenz and a 2025 fifth. That's a pretty good trade for the Sharks. It's a good piece yeah. of business. Because they're going to get a lot more for that when they flip him. At the yeah. Day. Especially if he has a solid, because like, that guy's going to play top line minutes. Yeah. He's going to kick ass, man. Yeah. I, I Duclair would be awesome on the abs. See left or right wing? I think he's right wing, right? He is listed as both, but I think he's going to play right in San Jose this year. He can do both, yeah. I think. Which is, yeah. which is only more helpful for us. Right. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN to bet $5 and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or, fit or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Help is available for gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per game. Eligible opt-in required. Max bet 50. 
10 leg reg for 100% boost eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply terms at draftkings.com slash baseball terms now back to the episode california i I mean los angeles is probably going to make the playoffs i mean we can just go through this by division calgary Calgary, i think is by far the most interesting options because then you look at Elias Lindholm and then Michael Backlund. Half of their defense is also expiring at the end of the season. Noah Hannafin, Tanev, our old friends Zadorov. They've got a couple of options where if, if this season sinks, I can really see them, or Craig Conroy at least being like, Yeah, we're getting a ton of draft picks. This team sucks. Yeah, like I would love Elias Lindholm. I think some team's gonna give the Flames a lot more than we could give them, but Michael Backlund on the Avs would be gross. Yeah, Michael Backlund be... is, is probably the best penalty-killing forward in the yes. NHL, at least based on some metrics last season. He was absolutely spectacular. He's a guy who still put up 56 points last year in a full 82-game season. He's a guy who plays a lot of games and usually plays the full season generally. I still think – I think there – correct me if I'm wrong. There was a report that like that almost happened this offseason, that the Abs and the Flames were talking about Michael Backlund and that – it might even have been that Backlund is more willing to get moved that that might have been been finalized. And maybe that would have been instead of a Ross Colton, you go get Michael Backlund with 37th overall. Yeah. I I think Michael Backlund would be like we haven't talked about. You're going to have to replace JT Conference penalty killing minutes. If you could plug Michael Backlund into that, that would be fantastic. And he's just kind of he's kind of honorary Backlund is like he's, he's kind of a potster. And he fits the mold of what the Avs are looking to add with the physicality and grit. I, th- I think we're also just so used to talking about acquiring centers that we're still defaulting to that, even yeah. though we acquired two pretty big name centers this offseason. Ideally, you don't get any centers at the deadline. Right. Johansson and Colton have played so well for you this season that you don't even need to go out and do that. But I mean, there's also Elias Lindholm, who I don't care about centers at that point. If, if Lindholm's on the market, get him. I, Best I, will, oh, I will always be a fan of that. Yeah. Go and get a guy like Elias Lindholm. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't touch the door off with a 10 foot pole. Um, but it'd be fun though. It would be fun. It would be fun. It's just, I've been scarred too much by Nikita Zadorov. Um, And more than likely if that trade happened, I imagine Curtis McDermott would be on the other end of that and he'd be going to Calgary. What a nightmare. That's it is for me, man. It's bad. Horrible. Yeah. What a horrible situation that we don't have to pay Curtis McDermott almost a million bucks. Yeah. Be a tough life, man. Yeah. I mean, Zadorf's got been better in Calgary than I thought he'd be. Um, it's fine. I mean, Hannafin, I would, did you say Hannafin's going to be a free agent too? Yeah. And I mean, he was in a lot of the trade rumors from earlier this yeah. offseason. Then for some reason, it just. Stopped. Well, all the GMs went on vacation, dude. Yeah. They, they had like two weeks after free agency, everyone just like yeah. stopped. Yeah, they all went on vacation other than Iserman and Dorian. Uh, that's it. Pretty so, much. So, yeah, I mean, Calgary could be interesting. Vancouver, who knows what that team's going to do. They should sell, but they'll probably not sell. They're they're going to be a team that finishes probably with 90 points this season and misses the playoffs. And, I mean, there's also just not a lot of pieces on that team that no. really interest me or strike me as like fits with this team. The one guy I think would be a fit is Connor Garland, minus the fact that I think most people on this team don't like him, especially uh, Nathan McKinnon, who I think has a lot of sway when it comes to maybe acquiring some guy. Yep. 
Yeah, but it also, it also would be the ultimate balancing act. You give him Jonathan Drouin and then bring in Connor Garland, who's yeah, keep him on his, toes. his most hated rival in this league. Yeah, keep him on his toes. Yeah, I don't think that Vancouver has a ton to offer. I really um, don't, because like I don't want Brock Besser. Kuzmenko no. is interesting, but he also shot like 25% last year. Like, Kuzmenko but, would be awesome, man. Kuzmenko if he continues to shoot like that. Because, like, yeah, the guy had 39 goals last year. Is he doing that again, though? Is I he think he's going to be around 25. I think he'll be around that. I mean, at five and a half, he's still got this year and next. That could work out really well for them. Beauvillier, I just, I always thought that guy was going to turn into more than what he actually turned out to be with the Islanders and then was a lot better. He had the, he actually had the exact same numbers in less games with the Canucks that he did with the Islanders the entire season. Yeah. He might be something that gets moved, but then we're getting down to like the Teddy Blugers who I think Teddy Blugers decent. He yeah. was a decent part of the Penguins. He was on Vegas's cup winning team. He wasn't a massive part of it, but it's a good depth piece. He's a guy. Yeah. Edmonton's not going to move anyone. Vegas not to, won't move not to anyone. Us at least. Yeah. Vegas won't move anyone. Seattle, I don't think, will be in a seller's market. Um, I mean, if they did, then they they might have a few options out there. Yeah, they might. Uh, I think that's everyone in the Pacific, right? Yeah. At least all the realistic options. Yeah, the Central. I mean, Arizona, we already talked about. Yeah. I mean, Chicago. You'd, you'd think Arizona would have more expiring guys. I mean, every single person on their defense is expiring. Literally every single one. Dersey, Stetcher, Valamaki. It's not a it's not a very good list on their defense, no. to say the least. Uh Sean Dersey might be the best guy here. But I mean their offense looks a lot better. I mean, we talked about Jason Zucker already. We talked about Lawson Kraus. There's Alex Kerfoot at three and a half. Oof. I mean, maybe having the media attention off of him will get some of the, the Toronto stink off of him because I think that really hurt his reputation for a while. Yeah, that's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, Nick and then you go see the guy you got traded for goes and wins a cup with Nazem Kadri. Yeah, that's that's yeah. tough. Yeah, even if he wasn't the centerpiece of that trade, that's still pretty tough. Yeah, I mean the Coyotes, like I, I think they're going to embrace a lot of the guys that have fully started to step up. But like Nick Bukestad at two years at two point one, that's a guy who's been kind of bad for a while, but had a really nice resurgence last year. Could be interesting. I don't see them doing something like that, honestly. I think we've spent enough time on the Coyotes already that we can just yeah. move on. Uh, Chicago, I, I mean, they're going to be sellers, but I don't know, like, is the best one you could get Antimasiu? I mean, I'm interested to see what they do with Taylor Hall. I think Taylor Hall is going to be Connor Bedard's running mate. until. Yeah, that's why I think, too. That's why I don't yeah. think they're going to move him. Yeah, so I agree with you there. Tyler Johnson, still there, 5 million bucks, 32 Oof. points last season. Very impressive that Tampa was able to get off that contract. Well, I mean, they had to take on Brent Seabrook in order to do that. Yeah. I also think that's what they wanted. Wanted, yeah. <laughs> I mean, then they had to attach a second round pick to that as well, I believe. Still, to get out of that oh. contract, pretty solid. Still. Then Anthony Siu, uh incredibly overpaid at 4.25. You get them to retain half. That's not too bad. It, that's a cap floor contract. Yeah. I know I know everyone freaked out about that when it happened, but like that's what you do to hit the cap floor. Right. Nick Felino, Corey Perry at four million a pop. Again, Corey Perry could be interesting on the abs. He would be. I wouldn't be thrilled. But even at two million, I don't think I'd be thrilled. Oh, and he's bad luck, man. He is. He really yeah. is bad luck. How do you go to 
four straight, three straight Stanley Cup finals and lose all of them on different yeah. teams. That's rough. That's like Marion Hosel. And then you went there. to the team that beat you twice and then yeah. lost with that one. Yeah, that's Marion Hosa type stuff right there. Yeah, so I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to complete the cycle. You know, the other team that beat him in the final, and then what? We lose in the final too. Yeah, Pass. yeah. Other than that, I don't really know if Chicago has anything. I mean, maybe Connor Murphy, but I think he's paid a rather large amount of money. He's one of the few guys that, like, I think they be a little curious to hold on to. He's at four point four for three more years. A guy I think is really underrated. I really like Connor Murphy, but even then, he's okay. Yeah. Then we're talking. He's a fifth, sixth defenseman. Yeah. Nikita Zaitsev, I'll I'll take a pass on that. Yep, big time pass. Yeah, I mean Colin Blackwell is a guy that interests me as a depth piece, but I don't need to spend a whole lot of time talking about no. that. Kurashev, they just signed Jason Dickinson. I mean, it's the Blackhawks. There's there's not a lot here. Yeah, there's not. There isn't St. Louis. I, I don't know if they're going to be selling again this year. I think they're going to be better this year. I don't know if they make the playoffs. But even if they're selling, I don't think they like us very no. much. Brandon Saad's still a name that I would love to get back, but I, I don't think they do. If him. the Avs could somehow, in some way, get Pavel Bushnevich, yeah, that that to me is probably one of the best case scenarios I can think of. If you could get Bushnevich, this team would be disgusting. Yeah, Pavel Bushnevich is a stud. If you get him on this team, this team is unstoppable. I'm in full belief of that. I agree. I agree. He's what one year removed, didn't he? Have like twenty-seven goals. Yeah, he is two years in St. Louis. His first year had seventy-six points, and last year he had sixty-seven points in sixty-three games. He's been over a point per game every year. He's been in St. Louis, and somehow they got him for a guy they already got back with. Yeah, like just a horrible trade for the Rangers a couple of years ago. Jacob Vrana could be interesting as well because he could have a huge bounce back season. But if the Blues are bad. He might end up on another team before the end of the year again. Could that be the Avs? Maybe we would see. Like I don't, I don't think Casper Kapanen would be of much interest to the Avs. He's fast, but I don't think he fits the way they play. No. And the, the Blues, they just have a lot of guys locked up for a long time. The only guy that I could see them pursuing with the his long contract is Braden Shen just as a way of going all in with this core. But again, with the center stuff, we've solved it. We don't yeah, need Braden. We're good. Yeah. Braden Shin would be good though. I'd like Braden Shin a lot. Um, who's next down there? Who Minnesota's not going to trade with us. Yeah. We probably do Winnipeg first. Yeah. Winnipeg. I mean, if we didn't, but same thing with Shifley, like I, I think Shifley, but we don't need a center anymore. Right. I mean, if Shifley's available, that's a different conversation. He True. might trade it before the season starts. They might have him signed to an extension before the trade deadline even kicks in. But it, it, the, I don't know. Like, it depends on what Winnipeg is. Right. Because like, I don't think they're going to be very good. I don't no. think, I don't think many people expect them to be much of anything. It's, it's, this is essentially the same team as last year. Just you replace Dubois with a couple other pieces and you're, you're, it's a fine. You think, would they move on from Velarde that quick? No, nah, I don't think so. I don't think so, but he'd be a good, interesting fit yeah. on the app. Yeah. I mean, he he's kind of positioned to have a nice breakout. A guy I would want, who I really wanted from the Kings, is Alex Iafalo. Yeah. Again, I don't think they move because they just got him unless unless they are really just truly genuinely terrible and are willing to move on for futures. If you can get Alex Iafalo, I would love that. I think yeah. he's great. 
I think he'd be a perfect dev. Agreed. But other than that, I mean, Nate Schmidt is just a really fun guy. And I think has just, I don't think he likes Canada. No. Like, I don't think he liked being in Vancouver. I think he's kind of pissed that his move on point from Vancouver was Winnipeg. Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. It was like he spent a lot of time in Washington where he was in like criminally underutilized by Barry Trotz, like scratched in favor of Carl Alsner at the end of his career. Then goes to Vegas, breaks out, and is a big part of their expansion teams, gets dumped to Vancouver, goes to Winnipeg. I mean, I think he's just kind of what he is now, which is at best a second pair defenseman fringe second pair defenseman i would say i don't think we're getting nate schmidt i'm not even going to really put that out there he makes just shy of six million bucks and he's not really the kind of defenseman that we're looking for but i mean that i'm just trying to stretch and figure things out brendan Dillon, i think would be an interesting addition to the avs he'd be kind of if things go really wrong with josh manson this year I'm, i'm talking catastrophically wrong like he's hurt and on ltir if that's the case i think brendan dillon is is a natural replacement he's not as good as josh manson but he does bring that kind of same edge that manson does yeah plus brandon dillon's played for like every team so why not add him to the abs stars sharks caps and now the jets i'm and i'm familiar with brendan dillon when he was with the caps he was decent i liked him yeah i agree I, I wouldn't mind that. Brent, Brandon Dillon, I think, is the one defenseman I'd take from. Pionk would be interesting, but I don't think they're going to move Pionk. It's so funny because I just haven't heard a lot about Pionk in a while. I think he's yeah. been fine since he went to the Jets. He had that big breakout year the year they got him for Truba, and then it's just kind of been there ever yeah. since. Just a guy. I, mean, I said that a lot today, just a guy. Yeah, but I mean, we're talking about a trade deadline that's 10 months away. So, yeah. I mean, it shows you the state of the offseason. Yeah. We're, we're really coming up to it. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, I mean, Hellbuck's going to get moved, but we don't need a goalie. Yeah. Uh, Hellbuck's not going to be an Av. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, Minnesota probably won't trade with us. Dallas. We can do Nashville first. Yeah. Nashville. I mean, we already got Johansson from them. Um, yeah, we've, we've established a business relationship with, with Barry Trotz. So. Yeah. I mean, Nashville, they're just such a wild card, except for the fact that they're probably not making the wild card. And every other way, they're a wild card because we don't really know what Barry Trotz wants yet. And we don't even know if Barry Trotz knows what he's doing yet because I'm not entirely convinced after this offseason that he does, but he also might have some incredible five-dimensional chess play that we just haven't seen yet. And maybe that team just really needed a locker room change. And they're yeah. Try to Sherwood, maybe. <laughs> and, and Sherwood would be a guy again, yeah. guy we're familiar with. Honestly, I could kind of see that. I could too, especially since he took a little bit of a step in Nashville. And the Avs love guys they're familiar with. They've, yep. they've done it plenty of times. But if we're talking needle movers, if you're looking for a guy with term, I've I've always been a fan of Gus Nyquist, even with some of his injury stuff. I think he's been decent in Columbus. I really liked him in Detroit. He's got, what is it, a little over $3 million on his new deal. I doubt you can get them to, re- I doubt you can get them to retain because they're kind of doing that already for us. Yeah. So I don't know about that. You're not getting Ryan O'Reilly. Colton Sissons, I think, would be an interesting ad. That's an interesting one. He's got three years left, but it's under $3 million. And he's just, Colton Sissons is what he is. He is a third line forward. 
And he's been that his entire career and he's going to stay that way his entire career. And if you were able to get him, I think that would be an interesting set and forget guy in your bottom six for the next three years. If somehow Nashville was willing to do that. Uh, Is Craig Smith, is he still on the caps? He went to Dallas, I believe. Dallas, okay. I but don't quote me on that. I'm gonna. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, but yes, he, he went to Dallas for a million bucks. It's a good deal for Dallas. Um, I wouldn't mind Colton Sissons. Could you imagine him on potentially being with like Cogliano and O'Connor? Yeah, well, he can't I, be. I I really like that the idea of a move like that. I mean, Colton yeah. Sissons signed one of the strangest contracts that I've seen in the last couple of years. He signed that in 2019, that seven year contract at 2.857, and he's just kind of been that for them. He's been fine in a bottom six role the entire time. I mean, he would be interesting. I wouldn't mind Colton Sissons for sure. Um, then we're talking like they've got a lot of guys that are expiring. Like there's Jakob Trenin and then Gary Yanov, who they just signed, Thomas Novak, Jankowski on their defense. I mean, talking about old friends, Tyson Berry. No, yeah, no, as I'm saying, it's not going to happen, but he is expiring. He is expiring. Yeah, I think Sisms would be the one from Nashville that I'd want. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think we need to spend too much more time on it. Otherwise, and then we're talking Minnesota, Dallas. I have a very hard time seeing trade deadline trades materializing between these two. Yeah, I do too. Not going to happen. Yeah, just not a thing at all. Yeah. So let's move on to the East. Um, Where do we start? You want to do Metro Atlantic? Do Metro first, I guess. Okay. Um, Start at the bottom. Philadelphia Flyers. This team sucks. This team is bad. Scott Lawton? Scott Lawton, but also reportedly very high price tag for what he brings. Like reportedly multiple firsts. Not surprising. Definitely going to have to come down on that price, but it's three years left at $3 million for a guy who I think is a perfect third line forward. I think he'd be a great av if you can get the Flyers to come down on that price. Yeah. Didn't uh, Hathaway sign there too? He did at two years, two point three seven five. I will never, give up, I will never give up on the Garnet Hathaway yeah. the Avs train. I'd take either of those guys from Philly. Yeah, same, same boat with you on that. You look at again, Philly surprisingly has a lot of guys that I really want. I mean, I'd want Scott Lawton, I'd want Garnet Hathaway, Noah Cates. Like you guys are just gonna have to get used to this one because I'm gonna say Noah Cates should be an Av probably for his entire career. That's fair. I don't mind that one. Um, I don't think there's anyone else on Philly I'd want other than those two. Nick Delorier. <laughs> uh no. Yeah, no. Rasmus, I'm good. You want Rasmus Ristolainen? Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely. I can't. Why does he have the contract that he has? Why did Philly get him at his bloated contract and then sign him to another one for five years? Because it's Philly. It was Chuck Fletcher. I mean, I, this is one of the worst trades ever. They gave yeah. up a first and a second for this guy. Yeah. Who that first my... turned into? I feel like it was pretty good. Was uh, it Jack Quinn? It was, no, it was Isaac Rosen. Oh. Who, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a, I think he's fine. But compared to all the other Sabres prospects, it's not much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much it from Philly. Let's, yeah. let's keep moving on. 
Yeah, we'll keep we'll keep this one going kind of fast because I don't I actually have no idea when we started. So yeah, me either. That's why I'm I'm worried we're almost at like an hour and a half right now. I know we it could have been two hours at this point. <laughs> I mean, we can go to Columbus after this. They're an interesting team. We've talked about Jack Roslovic. We've talked about Boone Jenner in the past, and I think a guy that uh, Evan constantly brings up is Andrew Peak, 25 years old at like 2.75 million for three more years as a potential guy on the defense. I'd like that. I mean, I'd always, I've always thought Patrick Line would be sick on the abs, but that cap hit would just. There's no way we could make that work. Eight point seven for yeah. three years. I mean, let's let's give it a couple months of Patrick Line and Mike Babcock working together, and we'll see yeah. just how desperately Columbus is willing to retain salary on that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I've always thought Patrick Line would be sick on the abs. Yeah. Playing with McKinnon and Rantanen, he'd he'd be gross. Yeah, I would love that as well. I mean, I just there's not a ton on the Blue Jackets that interests me a ton anymore. I mean. When when Texier was playing for the Blue Jackets, I thought he'd be an interesting option, but now we just have to see what he's going to be now that he's returned to the team. Right. Eric Robinson at 1.6. I, I just don't think Jack Roslevic fits what we're doing anymore. Yeah. Erica Branson. Wow. <laughs> big, big pass on that at $4 million for two more se- three more seasons still. Yeah. No, I'm good. We'll pass on that. Yeah, there's there's just not a lot with the Blue Jackets that really interests me anymore, unfortunately. Agreed. And, I mean, we can do one that I'm a bit of an expert on. We can move on to the Capitals. Alex Ovechkin. You know what? If he's ever going to go anywhere else, I wouldn't (laughs) want it to be anywhere else. But other than that, I mean, Kuznetsov's off the board for us. It really just depends, like, what Anthony Mantha is anymore. Maybe under Scott Carberry, he can find a, a fresh start. He might not even start the season on this team anymore. He was reportedly just obviously going to get moved, and that obviously didn't happen. But let's say he makes it to the trade deadline. He's at 5.7. He has really struggled since coming to the Capitals. And honestly, has outside of a few years in Detroit, not been much of anything. But he, right. he really struggled last season. And I don't think Laviolette used him to his talents. I think yeah. Scott Carberry can unlock more from him, but it's reported like the Caps are giving this guy away and yeah. nobody is willing to take him off their hands, which I think says a lot. But if if the Caps are bad, which is a possibility, and he's still on the team at the deadline, that's going to be a guy that's reportedly getting moved. And, and I'm happy he's on the Caps, but man, Dylan Strom would have been great on this team. Yeah, on the, yeah it would have been great. He would have been really good, but what he signed for, like three, three by four, and then what he, he signed. Well, he, well, he signed. He signed initially. The first contract he signed was three and a half for one year, and then he signed his extension in February at five times five, which I think for him is great. Yeah, it's a good deal for him. Yeah, I mean Ovechkin. 60, I would obviously five points last year. Yeah, like, I even forgot how good he was last year. This yeah. team would have been even worse without him. He was like the lone bright spot on the team last year. Is somehow Dylan Strom has completely and utterly worked out here. Yeah. This team still sucks. Yeah. I think Ovechkin's the only one I would take from the Caps right now. And I, wow. You know, <laughs> really going, you're really going out on a limb with that one. I mean, there, there's depth options. Nick Dowd is probably, for my money, the best fourth line center in the league. The Caps always have amazing fourth line centers. If they're moving him 1.3 for two more years, I take that every time. Yeah. You could probably move that for like a, 
I guess uh, their 2026 second round. <laughs> just yeah. get, and, get honest, and honestly, I wouldn't hate that move. I, no. I'm a big Nick Dowd fan. I think if he's the fourth line center on the abs, we would love him. Nick Dowd's been in the fourth line center on this team for a while. He's basically been the Jay Beagle replacement. And year over year, he is just remarkably consistent. I'm always shocked at his goal totals because it's like 10 or 11. And it always feels like he scores way more than that. Yeah, he, he's like consistently scores like every three to four games. Yeah, it's fair, but we could talk about caps. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Yeah, yeah we can keep moving. I mean, let's we can do the defense real quick. I mean, okay. they just traded for Joel Edmondson. He's at one point seven five. They could retain more than that, but I mean, it's could be something. You're not getting Carlson, not getting Jensen. They I just don't want re- Carlson. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't either. Trust me. I mean, Nick Jensen, they just re-upped. He would have been interesting. Trevor Van Riemsdyk would have been interesting if he hit the market, but now it's three for three more years. Faravari, he's still unproven. There's Sandine. And I mean, if things go bad in Washington, but Pacioretty gets healthy, that's that's two million bucks still. That could be something interesting. That could be a good one. I wouldn't mind Max Patch. If we get a healthy Max Patch ready, I'd take Max Patch ready. It would if the caps are bad and Max Patch ready is healthy, that that could be something that we could look at. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, but let's move on because I can go down this rabbit hole for hours. So start with one of the New York teams, the Islanders. They don't trade anyone, and I don't. No. I don't think. I think they blocked our number after Taze. Yeah. And like even the ones I get, I'd want are signed to like ridiculous contracts. Yeah, I mean there there are players on the Islanders that I would take. Yeah, but like I talked about Scott Mayfield, um, not anymore, not, yeah. not for until twenty thirty. I still like Cal Clutterbuck, but he still has what like five years left on his deal. No, no, he is one of the two people on this team that is on an expiring contract. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Cal Clutterbuck. Yeah. But I just, I just think Lou adores that guy. He's never, he does. He's never. He he's going to sign him until the end of time. Correct. I'm surprised he hasn't signed him already. Yeah. And they'll never move on from him. And if we didn't have centers already, I would be all over Brock Nelson. Oh, yeah. Brock Nelson would be awesome. Brock Nelson, I think, is like you talk about an underrated guy. For a guy to actually consistently score 30 plus on the Islanders. It's pretty good. That's a scary dude. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, I'm trying to think. They, they wouldn't move Anders Lee. They wouldn't move Barzell. And I don't think they can. Yeah. Not, you're not. You can't move Horvat. You can't move Lee. Pajot still has three years left. Palmieri still has three years left. Engvall signed to the end of time. Just what a fucking fascinating situation the Islanders have crafted for themselves. Yeah, it's bad. It's yeah. bad. I don't. I mean, we can break this down all day, but I think we're yeah. better, better positioned to move on. Let's go to Pittsburgh next, who is going to be a very interesting team next year. This is a guy we brought up in the pre-show. I doubt he gets traded because he's definitely going to get re-upped. But if the Penguins really stink this season, are they going to sign Jake Gensel to a big extension? They'd be dumb not to. I totally agree. But he is already 28 and is going to get a – I think it, we're not talking enough. Like Jake Gensel is going to get a – hefty raise yeah he was he was signed to six by six if i remember right he was sit was it six times yeah it was six times five he got six, oh, six times five, five even yeah but two years ago 84 points last year he had 73 points just like a been one of the best like for a team that doesn't draft well jake gensel is probably one of the biggest home runs we've seen for a contending team because he was a third round pick in 2013 
and made his debut in 2016 and was immediately a huge part of this team. Yeah, he'd be sick, but like you said, that, that'd be a rental because we could not afford to sign him. No, I don't think anyone no. really can. No. Say what else they're doing? I mean, I'd like Brian Rust. I was literally just going to say, Brian Rust would be cool, but he also has five years left at five million bucks. And I think has started to maybe take that dip. He got five million? Yeah, 5.1. Holy shit. Good for him and his agent, man. And that was last year he got that. Holy shit. And I don't want Mikel Granlund. Nope. At all. Not with a 20 foot pole. Raquel's signed till 2028. Nope. Smith has two years left at five. Don't want Jeff Carter. Nope. Lars Eller is there. I'd take Sidney Crosby. I'm are you sure? Yeah. I think would, he'd be would you really you think he'd be a good depth piece? Yeah. Plug him in at four C. Yeah, that'd, <laughs> that'd be a good fit. I I don't know. He's he seems he seems like he's got a good motor. He might have a future in this league. Did you imagine Sidney Crosby playing fourth line minutes? <laughs> he'd leave. Yeah, he wouldn't play. He'd walk off the ice. I don't even like I know that him and Nathan McKinnon are friends, but I think they're both just so competitive that practice they would kill each other. Yeah. Can you imagine like trying to keep up with those two at practice? You miss, imagine you miss a pass in practice and you get both of them in your ear. Yeah, it'd be miserable. It'd be a toxic work environment for everyone else but those two. And Jonathan Drouin would just be hanging out on the side. <laughs> yeah, imagine being Jonathan Drouin on that team. <laughs> yeah. I, it's obvious Sidney Crosby would be great, but I, I think the Penguins, Brian Russ would have been cool. Gensel would be cool, but I, I, I don't see them moving either of those guys. Yeah, I, I, just, I just don't see pieces on this team that would really fit as trade deadline stuff for this team so we can move on from that yeah go to the rangers next who again just not not a lot of things on this team that really interest me or strike me as trade deadline moves and also just a team that is gonna add at the deadline again like they always do they won't sell yeah they're not gonna sell there's a lot of expensive pieces here on long contracts even if they do stink, who are they moving? Like, are they like Blake Wheeler? I guess I've been on the record. I don't want Blake Wheeler. No, no. Yeah. I mean, maybe if they sign Patrick Kane and he has a decent year coming back from hip resurfacing, but even then, we kind of saw what that happened with him last year. He's just yeah. not the player he was. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there's really nothing to say on this nope. one. Like, let's, we can just move on from that one. Keep it chugging. Uh, where do we not have here? Well, next, we have the Devils. Uh, yeah, they're going to be buyers. They aren't moving anyone. You're not getting anyone from them. Uh, moving on again, Carolina. Brett Pesci is really the only one I think can even come to mind as like because like what are they going to do with their defense this season? Like are they still in on Eric Carlson somehow? They just signed D'Angelo, so I doubt yeah. they're going out to get Carlson. But at a certain point, there are so many defensemen on this team that I I don't know what you do with them all. And if Pesci yeah. wants a lot of money. Outside of Orlov, they don't give out that kind of money. And even with Orlov, they only gave him two years. Yeah. I, I don't think they'll be moving anyone. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like it, It'd have to be a hockey trade. Yeah. It'd have to be like Devontae's going on the other way if we're going to get someone from them. Yeah. So we could just move on the Atlantic. I think we're just going to kind of breeze through these ones pretty quickly. Yep. Here. Uh, Montreal, we've done business with them in the past pretty recently. We gave them new hook and got uh, Colton out of that deal as well eventually. Christian Dvorak's always been a name that's interests me. Yeah, Dvorak has been like he was just a, such a panic move for them, and he's been yep. fine since going to the Habs. There's there's Mike Hoffman who's got one year left. Locker and, room cancer. I don't want him. Yeah, I'm with you with that one. 
other than that, I just don't, I think the Habs and their, their big sell-off is kind of coming to a close outside of maybe some guys on their defense. Matheson's got three years left. He's had a nice resurgence. David Savard, I mean, now that they traded Edmondson, I think a lot of media guys are going to hype up David Savard as the next big media piece because it's what always happens with Canadian yeah. teams. Suck because like, like Joel Edmondson's going to get a first and a prospect, and then no one traded for him because no one was going to do that. And then he got right. dealt at half retained for a third or something to the Caps. And it's going to be the same thing with Savard this season, so don't fall for it. And he already got sent. He already got a bag for a trade deadline piece, but didn't the Lightning trade like a first round pick and a prospect for him? Yeah, this was they still won with him, I think. Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah, that was the year they won. They traded a first, a third, and a fourth for him at half retained. Yeah. See, I mean, it's a great point. We've already done this with David Savard when he was with Columbus. Yeah, we don't need to do it again. So, yeah. I mean, with the Habs, like, I, I really think the the big sell off is done. I agree. There's a couple of guys like Hoffman's probably going to get traded. Dvorak's probably getting traded. Joel Armia a couple years ago, I I would have been in on that. I still think he has something. What about Brandon Gallagher? At 6.5 for four yeah. more years. That's, the guy's gotten really whiny too. Yeah. <laughs> his yeah. play has, has dipped badly recently. Yes. yes. But yeah, I think that's good for Montreal. Yeah. And then after that, I mean, it, this is really where you have the conversation, like who's next in the Atlantic? Because Montreal is at the bottom. Who's after them? Do we, do we want to talk about Ottawa again? No, not really. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna be moving anyone either. Yeah, if they suck, Tarasenko could be on the board. Kubalik could be on the board. Those are two guys I looked at this off season. Other than that, they're not trading these guys. They're not moving other pieces. And then you move on to Detroit. Detroit has a lot of pieces because they've signed so many UFAs. But I don't think the team would react very well to getting David Perron. Do you? The Abs? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Kadri's gone, so well, yeah, that's true. I, I I would take David Perron. I would have to get used to it. it it'd be it'd be an adjustment. I'm going to be wrong, but what he could bring to this team would be gross. Yeah, I agree with there. And if the Red Wings are out of the playoffs, give me Daniel Sprong. I still I still want this guy on the Abs. I'm not giving up. That's fair. I'm I'm on board with that one still too. Yeah, now you look at the defense. Uh, I don't want any of these guys, or these guys we can realistically get because obviously we can get cider, awesome, but you're not. No, yeah, I mean, Sprong and Perron are probably my two from Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of even anyone else because like everyone here is just on such long contracts, expensive contracts too. Yeah, long, expensive contracts. Robbie Fabry has such an injury history and two years left that I just kind of don't want to deal with that altogether. Agreed. Yeah, so we can move on from that one. I mean, who do we have even next year? We can talk about our old pals, the Sabers. There's. A I think they're going to be. I don't think they're going to move anyone. I, I think they're going to. I like on this team. There's oh yeah, there are tons of guys I like, but I don't think they're going to move any of them. Only one I can see they. Move. I mean, let's say the Sabers just totally sink this season and they completely fail to live up to expectations. Uh, they can't move Skinner. They're not trading Tage. They're not trading Cousins. Victor Olafson could be. I like Olsen. Yeah, I've Olsen. always liked Casey Middlestead too. Yeah, Olsen's a guy that scores a lot. Yeah. He could be an interesting finisher for this team if he was to come to the Avs. He, he, I don't even know what his next contract would even look like because he kind of took the league by storm as a seventh-round pick and then just kind of plateaued for a little while. They're not and they started playing with Tage Thompson, and that helped. 
They're not moving Tuck, who's probably on one of the best contracts in the NHL yes. right now. 4.75 for him, which is crazy. I've, I've always loved Alex Tuck, man. Yeah, always. Casey Middlestack could be an interesting one, like you brought up. I just think Gergensen is just going to sign one-year contracts with the Sabres until the end of time. It'd be yep. weird to have him play anywhere else. Then their defense, there's a guy named Eric Johnson. I don't know too much about him. I mean, Labushkin. I think I just think their defense is such a work in progress still. I don't like, again, much like a lot of teams in the East, I just don't see them moving a ton of people. Agreed. I think they'll be buyers. I agree. I think they're gonna really start to buy on some of these teams. Now, real interesting one is Boston. Bergeron is retired. Krejci's probably not far behind him. Number one center, Pavel Zaka. This team might make the playoffs again still, but I think they're also everyone's kind of popular pick to team that's going to fall out of the playoffs. I don't know if they'll fall out of the playoffs. I don't think they're, obviously they're not going to be as good as they were last I, year. They're everyone's hot take that they're yeah. going to fall out of the playoffs. I still think they'll be buyers at the deadline. I think they have to be. Yeah. I, I, think they have I, a I, don't, I don't see this team doing anything. I mean, the only thing I could see them doing that's crazy is trading Swayman or Allmark, which it sounds yeah. like they're not going to do. I mean, they just got the, the arbitration numbers for Swayman. They're going to come to a conclusion on that. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think this is the team that gets Mark Shifley. Oh, I like that. But other than that, I just – like, let's say they suck. Who are we getting from this team? I think DeBrusque could be interesting. He, I've always liked DeBrusque. He had the trade request in the past, but he had a pretty nice resurgence last year. He'd cost a pretty penny. Yeah. Luke Cheech, Van Riemsdyk, Matt Grizzlick. Kevin Shattenkirk. There's pieces on this team. I mean, it's a solid team for sure. Yeah. But I, I kind of agree with you. I think even if the Bruins are hanging around a playoff spot, not very good, I think there's just probably too much pride to really start selling right now. Agreed. Man, how do you think David Pasternak feels right now now that he just signed that big deal? And Bergeron's uh, very wealthy. Very well. Very wealthy. That's a great, great answer. Very wealthy. Yeah, I think he's good. Two, five. Yeah. yeah, I think he's good. Yeah, um, fine. Tampa, uh, they they're they could be sellers, but I doubt it. We made we made our deal with Tampa. Yeah, I don't I don't think we're doing any business with them anytime yeah. soon. How funny would it be if Stamkos got moved? If they're bad, I still don't see it. No, I don't either. He's going to retire there. Yeah, he's he's signed a long contract there, and they don't have a ton of guys expiring. Don't have to spend time on that. Florida, they've got guys expiring, and if they suck, could be interesting. We talked about Sam Bennett. Sam Reinhardt is also interesting. I of the Sams, I would rather have Reinhardt. Yeah, I think now I'd rather have Reinhardt. Now that we've addressed the center stuff, I'm with you. Now I want Reinhardt instead. Yeah. Agreed. I'm with but, you on that. I know they're not going to move Carter Verhage, but oh, yeah, that'd be gross. That would be unfair. That's another great value contract. I mean, there's only two years left, but it's just over four. Yeah. And then pretty much most of their depth is expiring. Cousins, Stephen Lorenz, Kevin Stenland, Ryan Lomberg. Gus Forsling is the one for me where it's like, if you can somehow get that 2.6 out of there and throw that on your defense for even just for one year. If the, be Pan- solid. if the Panthers are bad, that's a big target. Agreed. I've always liked Gustav Forsling too. Yeah, he's very good. They also signed Ekman Larson for some reason. Uh, good luck with that. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> he may work down in Florida. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see about that. They got this guy Evan Rodriguez who could be pretty good too for the Avs. Yeah, I don't know. We'd have we'd have to see what Evan Rodriguez looks like on this team first. Yeah, you know? yeah, we'd have to see. Wait and see. 
I'm going to I love yeah. him. But we can finish up with everybody's favorite team who is going to be way too proud to sell at the deadline, Toronto. William Nylander, we've talked about him, but I mean, if they're, I don't see how this team's going to suck, but no. they might have to trade Nylander anyway. Yeah, agreed. Uh, that's really the only one. I mean, there's obviously players on Toronto I'd like, but I don't think they'd move one. Yeah, Bertuzzi. I mean, we talked about Domi before. I just don't see that working. Kali Yarncrow could be an interesting one. In the same, I've way, always liked Yarncrow. In, in the same way that Colton Sissons is interesting. Uh, there's a guy named Ryan Reeves. Eh, I don't know anything <laughs> about him. Sam Lafferty. T. I mean, apparently, like TJ Brody is on the trade market for some okay. reason. If they're doing, right. if they're doing that, maybe. Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'll take that if you want to get rid of your only defenseman who plays defense. Yeah, we'll take not? it. Yeah, why not? Right. Other than that, I mean, it's the same conversation as all the other top teams. They're not moving guys. Nope. They're buyers. Agreed. And then, but, then we're it. Yeah, that's it. We literally just did a trade deadline preview that we will do again in five months. Yeah, but this this is probably the most useless episode we've ever done. Yeah, but it's the end of July. It's I mean, it, we'll see. I mean, we are coming up on player review season, so that's going to be coming hopefully starting next week. Yeah. So what's going to happen for this week, just to keep you guys in the loop, is like this is our last normal episode for a little bit. We have one more planned for next week. We're going to record it on Thursday because we're getting a guest on. And that's just the way we had it scheduled for right now. We couldn't do Wednesday. We're going to do Thursday instead. And I'll try to just get that out as soon as I can. If I can't, then it'll at latest be out Friday morning. After that, we're going to start our player review season. So for those of you who weren't with us last year, what that is, is we're going to pre-record a whole bunch of episodes talking about every single player on this team, reviewing them last season and previewing what we can expect from them this season. We did them for everyone last year, and then we had a separate one for departures, and it's about a month or so of content every other day. They're little bite-sized episodes about one player. And in that time, it's going to be our little mini break where we're still producing content and getting it out for you pretty much every other day, but also taking time for ourselves and resetting our brain before we hop into the insanity of next season. It's just funny to me. I always love it because I don't think of this as a job because it's really just me and my buddy talking about the ads. <laughs> and then you think right. about it, it's like, this uh, I do spend probably about five to six hours a week on this and you spend longer because you have to edit it all. But it's like, yeah, I love doing this, but e even that like three weeks, that is what we'll probably get. That's going to be just a mental reset. And right. it's going to be great. Cause like, it's, it's not a job. No. Like we do this for fun, but also this at the, is the time, thing from a job. We, we, we think about hockey so much that I feel like I genuinely need to take a step back sometimes and just reset my brain. And then, come back with a fresh start in September and then start doing this again. Cause you like, Oh, you do it twice a week and whatever. I mean, we have not missed an episode ever, ever. Like since I started this show, even by myself in December of 2020, every single week, it has been twice a week and it's, you find a way to get most of them done. It's fun. It doesn't feel like a job, but there are points during the season where you're just like, Jesus Christ. I just, yeah. This is the not the last thing I want to do, but I would rather be laying down right now. I would rather be sleeping, not staying up till 1 a.m. in the morning, my time, 3 a.m. your time after a West Coast game on a yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> right. 
against so, the Ducks. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's not a break. You're not going to be without content from us. We're going to pre-record a whole bunch of stuff and release that over the course of about a month or so. We'll know exactly what it looks like when it's all done. But just to keep you guys in the loop, not going to be on Thursday this week. If it is, it's going to be very late. So that's the only difference that will change. And then starting next Sunday, we're going to start releasing this stuff. So you're gonna, we're gonna start. Just spoiler alert: we're starting with Nathan McKinnon. So the one, uh, I don't know if we can talk about that guy, man. <laughs> that one might be an hour. Yeah. Remember the first few we did last year, where were just straight up normal episodes that we just yeah. did fifty minutes. So and then we ran out of gas when we got to like, uh, like fucking Andrew Cogliano. It's like this guy had five goals. Um, what's realistic expectation? Six. <laughs> yeah, he had like seven. Outperformed yeah. us, but yeah, we're just we're keeping you guys in the loop with what's going on. That's going to start next Sunday. We're going to work our way down the lineup, and this is kind of our break, the only one we ever really take during the season, and we're going to go from there. But it looks like Christian's Wi-Fi is starting to die, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this one up here before things start to really break. So. He's giving me a thumbs up because he can't talk anymore. And he's uh, looking to me as about 240p and about five frames a second. It's like a PowerPoint slide now. So we're going to wrap this one up here. Thank you all so very much for tuning in to another edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. You can use promo code Teledabs It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter X thing, whatever. You can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs. Go abs.